time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank, and Jeremy Branham. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. All right, am I crazy for thinking this? You guys let me know. Sometimes I can be out there. I'm an impressionable young man. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. This division is winnable for the Houston Texans this year. I don't think you're crazy. Homer hat is on. Well, it's not really. My drinking hat is on. This division's winnable, Blankers. It is winnable. It is winnable. Now, what the Colts did yesterday, I didn't see coming. Kind of like I didn't see them laying down against the Colts here. But when I look at it and I say Tennessee is hot and cold, uh, I still don't know how long the glass slipper is staying on for the Colts. I really love what I've seen when the the Texans are right, and we haven't seen the full complement yet because we haven't seen them with a full offensive line, and that's what's even more encouraging. And I think the Jags are definitely beatable when a lot of people had already crowned them the AFC South champs before the the year even started. I don't think it's far-fetched. I think it's a possibility. I don't know that it's a probability. No, but it's a possibility because I think it's wide open right now. The division is for anybody to go take a stranglehold of. I just, I don't know if it's going to be the Texans this year, but I know that it's wide open. Chef on the Twitch. Let's beat a good team before Texans fans uh, get all giddy. Here's the like the reason that I think the AFC South is gettable is because the AFC South stinks. This is more of mm-hmm. a testament to the division than it is the Houston Texans. Yes, I think the Texans are on the way. Am I bullish about C.J. Stroud? Yes, I absolutely am. I, I'm really excited about D'Amico Ryans. I, I'm really impressed how they were able to bounce back after I thought they got a bit exposed last week, and I thought Bobby Slowick did a really good job as well. So, like, beat a good team. I get it. I get it. Beat a good team before you get all these lofty expectations and hopes. Who won the AFC South last year? Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Who was the favorite to win the AFC South this year? Jacksonville. What did you do yesterday? You went into Jacksonville and whooped them. You kind of own them. You whooped them, and you do kind of own them. The history between the two teams, I'm not not huge into like series history in the NFL, but the the Texans have the series history. But you went into the home of the defending AFC South champions, and you blew them out. Like, was it fluky? I don't think so. I think you kind of dominated. I know that you turned them over twice. You didn't. I know that you had a special teams touchdown. That 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 stuff helped you out. But you had a three-possession lead in Jacksonville, the team that is the defending champions in the division and the favorite to win the AFC South this year. You went into their place and whooped their butts. I think you can win this division with eight or nine wins. And I think because the Texans' schedule is not very good, quite frankly, there's eight or nine winnable games. Do they get them? Probably not. They probably don't win this division, but they should be in the conversation that if you win a lot of these coin flip games at Carolina, Atlanta, like we we know that the NFC South isn't all that good. Arizona, Pittsburgh is a decent football team. Like, can you beat them at home? I think you can talk about right now that the Texans could be at the top of a very weak division as soon as this year. Yeah, no, I think it's a possibility, and I think that's the best thing you can say about where your Houston Texans franchise is. At the start of the season, we would have absolutely been, I think, the realistic Texans fans that that, that know what they had and what they really were instead of drinking, looking at the whole situation with, with blue glasses on, thinking that they were going to be a playoff team, knew that they were a couple years away. But because of how quickly you've seen the progress of C.J. Stroud, because of how this defense looks like it can come together and it can do some things, and because Jacksonville looks vulnerable and the rest of the division doesn't look like anything that scares you, and you know the schedule isn't tough, that there is a chance. 713-780-ESPN. one three one three. get off your high horse. It's just one game. Uh, what are you smoking? 
Just division's lousy. Division the sucks. Your schedule's the easy. Defending champions of the AFC South. They pounded the, the the betting favorite to win the AFC South. Tennessee does not look like a good football team. They got hammered by Cleveland scoring three points. Now, the Colts had your number in week two. They were up by 21 points in that third quarter. You hope that's just a game that got away from you and you can continue to develop. I think the Colts, honestly, are the biggest obstacle in the AFC South. A wheat straw. If you would have told me that whoever the Texans drafted at quarterback this year would be better, would be playing better than Trevor Lawrence, I would have drug tested you. Mm-hmm. Look, C.J. Stroud looked like he was head and shoulders better than Trevor Lawrence yesterday. So that's the other caveat here. Do the Texans have the best quarterback in the division? Like, it sounds hyperbolic to say that three games into C.J. Stroud's career. Do we think C.J. Stroud's better than Ryan Tannehill? I, I, I do. Unanimous, right? Yeah. I don't even think it's in the same conversation. Do we think C.J. Stroud's better than Anthony Richardson after three weeks? Yes. I think so now it's after week three. because of the system and everything like that, but he's done nothing to make you believe that it isn't either a push or that he's ahead. Well, I had Richardson ahead of Stroud last week, but because Richardson didn't play and Stroud went in and dominated the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, I jumped C.J. Stroud okay. over Anthony Richardson. So I have Stroud ahead of Richardson. And even last week when I had Richardson ahead of Stroud through two games, I liked Stroud's future more than I like Richardson's future, and Richardson's still in the concussion protocol. We all think Stroud outplayed Trevor Lawrence yesterday. Is it crazy to say that the remaining of the season, C.J. Stroud is going to be better than Trevor Lawrence? Is that wild? Is that out there with as good as C.J. Stroud has looked through three no, games? it's not crazy. I know it's difficult to pull the trigger exactly, on that. There's a difference between crazy and realistic, and there is a real possibility that could happen because any we know anything can happen from week to week in this league. But one thing we've seen over three weeks so far is that he's looked really good in his first go-round in the league whereas it took Lawrence a little while and obviously Urban Meyer and everything else. But Lawrence, it's not far-fetched to say that he could have a first-half playoff appearance kind of performance, just like he could have the second half that he had last year in the playoffs. So it's possible. This division's lousy, and you just beat the defending champion on the road, and we're up by two possessions in the third quarter. Like I think that is a statement victory in terms of the landscape of the AFC South. And the, that's not saying a lot. I admit that's a low bar. The AFC South and the NFC South, in my opinion, are the two worst divisions in the entire NFL. I don't, I'm not saying the Texans are one of the best seven teams in the AFC, but a bad division. Jags are the favorite. You smoke them in Jacksonville. C.J. Stroud looks like he might be the best quarterback in this division. You have the best quarterback in a division. The division title is in play. And look, there's only one two-win team in the AFC South. Like I know it's only three games, but you're a game back. It puts a lot of emphasis on the return game to Indy. You got to win some of these games that are questionable, like Arizona, like at Carolina, like Atlanta, basically the NFC Pittsburgh. South. You need to win the NFC South. Pittsburgh is like maybe that first statement game that look, the texter beat- was asking about, like beat a good team first and we'll talk. I think Pittsburgh's good enough and their defense is really good to where if you beat a Steelers team like that, then I think people would start to really take you a little more seriously. Yeah, this is, it's not just a Texans thing. It's a schedule thing. Like, the it's best a, team on your and schedule a division. That's what right I said. Schedule's easy. And yeah. a division thing. It's both. Well, and, like, and, like, who is Jacksonville? Like, we crowned them. Fair. But are they the team that was down 27 nothing and Trevor Lawrence threw four picks in the first half? Or are they really the team that came back and Trevor Lawrence threw four touchdowns in the second half versus the Chargers? Like, I don't think we know the answer to that. Because, like, Calvin Ridley, awesome, banged up, but like the Jags he looked were, the garbage Jags were yesterday. Nine, they were nine and eight last year. Yeah, they like, won the division with nine. You win nine wins in the AFC South, you're division champion. The Titans were in first place last year until Ryan Tannehill got hurt, and then Jacksonville took advantage when the Titans started rolling out Malik Willis and these guys. Like you're, 
I think we are headed down the path of those two of those last four games. You're playing Will Levis. I don't think Tannehill is going to be the quarterback. Hell, it might be Malik Willis. Could be one of those two. But like I, this division is winnable because your schedule's easy, and just the division's not good. Like, but to Jeremy's point, the division games now become more magnified. Oh, because yeah. that's what's gonna that's what's gonna decide everything. It's not gonna be you know who has to play the Chiefs or who has to play some tough opponents down the stretch. It's how you do within your own division, and you got some work to do. But at least. What you did to send a message and also for your own team's sake is state to everybody, we can be in this thing all season long. And, and there's might be the best quarterback in the division. And I also think like people are kind of misinterpreting the segment of are they going to win the division versus is it winnable? Because it's definitely is it winnable. Possible, yeah. Like it's, I, it's in play. definitely it's in play. If I don't know how you watch the Texans this last weekend and then watch what is going on in the division around you and not say this division is well, not Here's winnable. the other thing, guys. It's People can say, we saw what they did against the Colts. There's no way you can say that team is going to win a division. But Fair. you know what they did? They learned from it. They got better from it and say, right, but coming off of that, a lot of teams would have folded up their tents and gone home or just realized it's not our year. We still got a couple years to go. Instead, what they did coming off of that bad performance to beat a team on the road that's supposed to be the best of your division and you clearly were in control of the entire game, is the reason why we can have this conversation of this team, yeah, maybe it's Jekyll and Hyde, maybe it's up and down, but if they do that more times than they do what they did against Indy, this the schedule and the division is so mediocre that you got a shot. Three 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 eight. 3 8 didn't they lose to the lousy Colts? The lousy Colts are in first place. And they beat it's why, Baltimore. It's why the division is in play, because the team that leads the division is lousy. It is a lousy division. Concede that point. Eight wins could win this division. I, I don't think so. I think it's going to take at least, I think it's going to take nine. But you're in that, you're in the seven, eight win conversation, which the over under on the Texans at the start of the year uh, was six and a half. Mm-hmm. If the Texans hit the over on that, they have seven wins at some point this season. They are in the hunt with the AFC South at the end of the year, and the quarterback is far ahead of any that's, of our predictions. That's the biggest di- difference maker for me is the fact that I didn't see this out of him, especially this soon. And that's why I said they were only going to win four games at the start of the year. But to see a kid that looks like he's in complete control three weeks into the season that I never saw coming, and because of it, guys are like following his lead. They're believing in him. The defense has enough talent to do what they need to do, and they've got a good coach and coaching staff to shut down other teams. It gives you hope that they could be in it this year. Did you hear uh, D'Amico's postgame speech? The first ever... Texans win under D'Amico Ryans. Let's grade the post-game speech from the Texans head coach. Hey, man, hey. Hey, proud of each and every man in this, in this room, man. All right, y'all put the work in this week. Right? That's what it looked like, man. Y'all put the work in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? We put the work in. We put the money in the bank, and you cast out today. That's what it looked like, right? That's what it looked like, man. Come on, baby. Let's keep building, man. It's a great feeling. Love it. Love this feeling right here. Proud of all you guys. I can't wait. Get back rolling again the next one, all right? Enjoy this one. It's hard to win in this league. Enjoy every one of them. There's going to be many more to enjoy. Yeah. 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 Coach, coach, coach. Oh. First win. Yeah. Yeah. Cool Cat Cal McNair at the end. They cashed it in. Would I you, wasn't going to not include you gotta Cal. got to have Cool Cat at Cal. got to have him at This one for you, coach. Take <laughs> Take this, take my ball. I wish they would have let him give a speech. I was a little disappointed <laughs> that they cut him off. That was that well, was. That's why that Hannah was, was right next to him, yeah. ready to go smack him in the back of the head and say, "Shut up." That was high S two play there by CJ Stroud, cutting off Cal McNair before he could give a speech. What'd you make of D'Amico's speech? Scale one to ten. We don't do A's ten. on this show. Ten. What are you thinking about? It's a a ten. ten, ten for D'Amico. It's a ten. ten. It's a ten. It's a ten. Really? You give it a ten, Blankers? 
eight. I think it's a. Uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go nine. I love D'Amico. <laughs> he like, but his, he keeps it real. He doesn't worry about does. you know clicks and all the other things. And just in his whole presentation, he's not worried about p's and q's and everything else. He's just going to tell the fellows good job. His energy is just like it's infectious. It like, is. He that that smile and like the way he was pumped up after that first stop of the game. Just you can tell like this team's gonna believe in him. He's so genuine that most yeah. coaches are like used car salesmen and you can never trust them. And you're always thinking that they're saying one thing for a reason, but they're not it's not really coming from the heart. You s- when he speaks, people believe what he has to say as being genuine. And like it's still like hearing that speech and watching him on the sideline, like it still feels like you're looking at a, in, a player in, on injured reserve who is just like celebrating their player. Like their teammate, it still doesn't feel like he's the coach of this football team. The way he wearing interacts. the dry fit long sleeve and everything, he looks like a guy that's inactive this week. Is yeah. what you're saying? You're right. He looks like he should be playing. Still. He's still jacked up. Yep. Not better than Blake Cashman currently, though. We're getting a lot of uh, getting a lot of mean texts, which is good for our Friday uh, last segments. Send those mean texts in seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Oh, they're considering the notion homers, oh. uh, homers in all capital letters. I love Go! this division. Stings. <laughs> this division is awful. The Texans dominated the defending. AFC South champions on the road. They have the best quarterback in the division. It's in play. Yeah, they got embarrassed by the Colts. Uh, 713-780-3776. Speaking of that quarterback, C.J. Stroud. We're giving golf grades to C.J. Stroud, one in the preseason, and then one for every 17 regular season games. We're going to have a golf score. Joe's going to be clutch with that graphic at some point. How did we grade C.J. Stroud after week three? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 975.com. We keep getting away with it. I want the ball. Give it the ball. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. It's a little chilly in here. Yes, it is. I need a cardigan. It's raining really hard too. See that? It's good. We needed the uh, we needed the rain. Hopefully, everybody stays safe out there on the road waves, and you all get out of my way here in about forty five minutes. Uh, we'll get to our golf grade and CJ in two minutes. Astros lineup is out, and my biggest fear is uh, coming to fruition. As a matter of fact, the Astros do not have Yiner Diaz in the lineup today. Oh. Boy. No, a lot of people right now are very, very upset with Dusty Baker and are saying we're never, ever getting back together because your lineups stink. Jose Altuve leads it off at second. Bregman at third. Jordan is the DH. Tucker and Ryan Abreu at first. Chaz in left. It's about two weeks now that Chaz has not played center field. Pena is at short. Dubon's in center. Maldonado catches the white horse, Justin Verlander. you got to be kidding me that you get the personal center fielder in a game this big of this Would you magnitude. rather have Dubon or Myers? I would rather have Chaz in center field. There's not there's one the question. Okay, well that is the answer though. <laughs> Chaz is in center and Jordan is in left and Yiner is DHing and you will you will try to overpower them with offense. I um I got into it with some people on this earlier. I was on your side. Um this you have six games to play. Your season's on the line. Yeah. You have to win this series. I understand it's a bigger ballpark. I understand that Justin Verlander's a fly ball pitcher. I get all of those things. 
I think your best chance to win is Chaz plays center, Jordan plays left, and you DH Yiner Diaz. No well, I think your best chance to win is Yiner Diaz catches, but I'm conceding that Yiner Diaz is not going to catch. So if Dusty gets to have Maldonado in the lineup, then Jordan should be in left field, Chaz should be in center field, and Yiner is the designated hitter. Instead, Mauricio Dubon's getting at bats ahead of Yiner Diaz. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's ridiculous. And if Dusty gets it, he deserves it because of just these kind of things. These are the kind of things that drive me batty. And you're saying it was six games to go in the season. I was saying it three weeks ago when you knew that you were in a dogfight with two other teams in your division and that every game was hyper important and he was still screwing around with his pit stops. I yeah. think that they're hiding something about Jordan. He played left field yesterday and was fine. I know. Was fine. So then what are we hiding? So you can't, like, if he played left field yesterday and is fine, then I can criticize you not using like, Jordan in left field. Since September 13th, it's one game in left field? They said that he was dealing with something. Yeah, they said, yeah. Jeremiah they had, Randall yeah, was, was hawking him, him when he was playing catch the other day, then it, then that's a different story. You're right. They, something was up with Jordan, but it was he got cleared yesterday because he played left field, got through it just fine. He's been cleared of that. This is this is the problem with, with Jordan. Like, he, he's an incredible player, but, like, if you're not going to play him in left field, like it's it prevents you from putting your best lineup out there. Yes. Because for whatever reason, Dusty Baker won't play him over won't play Yiner over Maldi. He won't play him over Abreu. We know the reason. We know the reason with Maldi. Yeah. Well, he's terrible. Yeah. We just disagree. Oh God! Yesterday was it yesterday again? Then, no, Yiner Yiner played last or two, two days, days ago. Caught the last. Yeah, well, I think it was. I think it was, it was Friday. It was a Friday. Yeah. Well, it's just the complete strikeout. laziness Remember again. The game? Remember how the game started? Remember how the game started? Yiner or uh, Fromber struck somebody out, and, and Maldonado had a pass ball yeah, yeah, strikeout. Yeah. Yep. All of a sudden, four run inning. He leads like, the league in pass balls. Yeah, for the mm. second year in a row. Like I don't understand. Second year like, in a row. The, the, He's the defending the pass ball champion. Can't throw anybody out anymore either. No can. one can because his pitching staff is so slow to the plate. Yeah. I'll give Maldonado a little bit of defense there because this uh, this pitching staff is the slowest to the plate I've ever seen. Pitching staff. Terrible about it's, it. It's ridiculous. Like, For they a lefty, Frombers not doesn't have any kind of freeze move either. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're slow to the plate. They're yep. very slow to the plate. 50-30 is Jordan's throwing arm sore. I think it was, but he played left field yesterday, so he seemed to think that he's okay. Maybe maybe he's not. A weak straw at this point, do you think Dusty's still not playing those guys out of pure spite because everyone tells him he should? I think Blankers think this is possible. Don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you think it's in play. If that's in play, then the dude is looking out for himself. That's not how the team, you lose and that's a problem. Yeah, that's how you lose your veterans. Because the veterans at the end of the day are all about getting to the postseason and, and maximizing the team. At a certain point, yeah, I get it. It can ruffle your feathers if the GM is telling you who to play and you're an old school guy that's been there, done that, and doesn't need anybody giving him any help. But it, this is this is crunch time. This is go time. This is you know, cutting time. And if you're not going to be all about the team and putting the best possible lineup out there every single night so that if you go down, you go down swinging literally, fighting to the bitter end, knowing you gave it your best with your best lineup out there, and you're doing it for another reason because you don't want to listen to what the GM or anybody else tells you to do, and you're, you know, you're the papa and you can do whatever you want, then you deserve to be fired. 713-780-3776. Willie's on the HRP listener line. And Dusty's lineup is like our song between Willie and That's I. That's true. Uh, Willie, you're in the high with the Killer Thank Bees. You. What's up, Willie? Thank you for taking my call. Always. Number one, Doobie's got the second best batting average in September in the whole league. Number Castile. I think he's a left-hander. He's right. He, he's right. And, and Doobie need to play. Uh, 
Diaz played the last two days. Yeah. Duvis has been hitting the ball. I think he needs to play before uh, Diaz, Pena, and, and some more of the rest of them. He been he been uh, he been he knocked in a game uh, or winning hit the other day. You know everything is not justice, about you know even though one of y'all always see one of the best lineup. The best lineup today is for Dewey to play center field because uh, he, he can hit left handers. Well, Luis Castillo is right handed. Willie, Luis Castillo is right handed. I love you, Willie, and I always always defend your baseball acumen. You didn't help me there thinking Luis Castillo is left handed, though. Willie, you don't think Yiner Diaz should be in the lineup today? Somewhere, somebody somehow. He was. He was. Uh, somebody told me he was left handed. That's okay. He's right handed. You know, it's all right. Willie, should Yiner Diaz be in the lineup today? He wants. He wants Dubon. No, but you could have both, but you could have Yiner DH and put Jordan in left field. Yiner should be playing in this lineup. Well, then now Chaz isn't playing. Well, but okay. Well, that's why Doobie shouldn't be in there. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Willie. Always enjoy our conversations. But Luis Garcia is very much right-handed, unless something uh, has happened recently that I'm not aware of. I always defend Willie, too, man. That is not, that's not a good look for me. Willie just let me down. He just let me down. I talk about how how smart Willie is, how much uh, baseball acumen and IQ he has. I always say good things about Willie, and Willie comes in, says Luis Castilla is left-handed, and that's why Dubon needs to play. That's not good for me. I mean, seriously, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for my health and my heart to see that Dusty's still screwing around at this point in the season when you're in desperation mode, Th- that ain't being desperate. He's not screwing around. Like, the- Dusty thinks this is his best chance to win. Uh, I, I firmly way, believe that. And you fought me on this. And I, every time it happens, I believe more and more Justin Verlander gets his private center. His yeah, personal I don't, I'm not, I don't buy it. Like, like, if he's in there every time for him. Right. But Yiner's not an option today. Yiner's not an option today because Dusty doesn't want Jordan to play in a big left field with a fly ball pitcher. Like, that's Dusty's logic. I can, I mean, I can tell you Dusty's logic. And the question now becomes, is it Mauricio Dubon or is it Jake Myers? And quite frankly, Mauricio Dubon's a better option right now than Jake Myers. Yeah. So uh, well, That I agree with. That, I think that's the question that Dusty had whenever he was filling out his lineup card today. He, he never entertained the idea of Jordan in left field because gotcha. it's a fly ball pitcher. It's a big ball park. He doesn't want Jordan to play left field in a big ball park with a fly ball pitcher. So that's why And if you're, you have to have Jordan in the lineup. So Jordan's your DH because he's not... He's not capable, Dusty says, of playing left field today or doesn't want him in left field. Like, Yiner's not going to play another position. He's not going to catch for Verlander. Not play He's not going to play Seattle first base for Verlander. Uh, he did last year. Mm-hmm. He did last year he with Lance sure Now, Lance McCullers was on the mound. He's a ground ball pitcher, but I would like to think that he would have played left field behind a fly ball yeah. pitcher, too. I, I, that's, that's, I, just, I can't fathom the logic of not having your best offensive lineup by putting Jordan in left field. I'm with you. I'm with you. But Dusty never entertained the idea of Jordan playing left field today. I can promise you that. Mm. Fly ball pitcher, big ball park, it was not going to happen. Uh, so the option is, well, the decision is Yiner's going to come off the bench. Jordan's going to DH. Chaz is going to play left. So the only question that Dusty had today after going through that thought process, which I guarantee you is his thought process, it's pretty predictable, quite frankly, is do I go Dubon or do I go Myers? And the answer to that is pretty simple. It's Dubon. Like, mm-hmm. I have no problem that with Dubon over Meyer. So that's why I don't think it's a personal center fielder thing. It's more of a, he wants, just, a, he wants his best defensive outfielder, outfield, outfield, not outfielder, not center fielder. He wants his best defensive outfield behind Verlander because Verlander is a fly ball pitcher. I, I just think that you can, you can put someone else in center field that can play defense like Dubon that can give you more offensively with more pop. With Chaz? Yep. 
now, but that, that means that Jordan's playing left. Right. Dusty's not right. entertaining that today. It, now, that's unacceptable. I completely agree mm-hmm. with you. I'm just walking you through Dusty's logic today, which I promise you is Dusty's logic, and I'm sure we'll get some of that logic in a little bit. Or maybe that element did flare back up yesterday. But either way, Jordan wasn't playing left field today. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. All right, let's get the, uh, that golf grade on C.J. Stroud. Dusty Baker's lineups uh, hijacked our conversation there. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. Oh, it's you people. Tired of being your tram donkeys? Acting like you some one-man GPS? Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. All right, C.J. Stroud. He's Blank. I'm Branham. C.J. Stroud, great performance. It's greatest performance. Got to be delicate with this conversation or Dr. Dre will lose his lid. He's always very one-sided when he loses his lid. Uh, let's hear from the horse's mouth first, though. Uh, C.J. Stroud on, on what he thought of his performance in yesterday's game, which led to the first-ever wins for C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, against the defending AFC South champions. Every week I'm just uh, I'm trying to just take a step forward and ever back. And like you said, just getting used to how Bobby calls it, uh, the calls, me operating the offense, getting out the huddle. I think Baltimore was the best thing that ever happened to us, uh, operating from a way loud standpoint. Um, so uh, I, I'm getting a lot of learning experience, and I have a lot of great guys around me that are helping me. Like Dalton Schultz, man, like he helps me out a lot, and he probably doesn't even know that, but like he helps me a lot. George Fan, Shaq Mason, uh, Kendrick Green, Josh Jones. JP, me and him are rookies. You know what I'm saying? We're figuring it out, and they're helping us along the way. And it's a blessing to, have, to play around guys like that. So I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing, and it's really a testament to our coaches. Gerard has done a great job with me every day, just getting on every little detail. He's, he's with me every moment. And then Bobby calling it, Bill Lazor, Shane Day, all of them have done a great job helping me with my processing. So he's talking about his processing there. I love C.J. Stroud's mind for the game. Like he, he talks like yesterday after the game, he talked about look, this this is just one game. Immediately gonna wash my hands of it. These are the areas I need to get better. Like he has that mindset of just being in love with football. Like he has a football mind. He lives it. He breathes it. He bleeds it. I love that demeanor from any well, football he's not player gonna, on my football team, especially the quarterback. He's not going to follow the lead of the guy he played behind at Ohio State for a couple of years either. He's not going to throw anybody under the bus. He's not going to blame anybody else. He takes it on the chin and shoulders the load of the blame when he when he doesn't play great. And then he, what we said all along was, if he's he's going to have the the bumps in the road, there's going to be some potholes, no matter how good he's played through three weeks. But it's how he learns from them. So he doesn't do the same mistakes. He just said it himself. The Baltimore game. Learning from that. The mistakes they made. Getting out of the huddle late. Calling all the timeouts in the first half. Doing those things. He learned from it so that in a hostile environment, he didn't do it again. And he gives flowers to those that deserve it. He doesn't put it on himself to take too much of the, of the, 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 the glory when things go well. He takes the blame when things don't go well. And we've seen it on the field. You can say all the right things, do all the right things, but when you play the right way to where we can see him making the progress he's talking about, 
it makes you feel like he is that guy, and he's going to be that guy for a long time for this franchise. That's why it's so exciting and fun to watch Texans games again. Yeah, it's it's on the field stuff, and then it's also just like it seems like he has the mindset, the mentality, the uh, intangibles, the yep. intangibles, and it, it it really makes me rethink that whole S two test. Like there were yep. so many people that were dismissive of CJ Stratton. and I I was questioning it. I was like, hey, look, the history of this shows guys who are good at this turn out to be good quarterbacks. The guys who are bad at this turn out to be bad quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud had a very low S2 score, but when you watch him play, high football IQ. No question. Extremely high football IQ. From Like you said, from pre-snap reading the defense and, and knowing what to expect when the ball is snapped to then reacting, going through all of his progressions and, and knowing that Based on what the defense shows you, I got to get rid of the ball quickly. If, if the progression one isn't there, two better be there quickly, or I got to do something else quickly just to make sure we don't lose yardage. The way he reacts, the way he prepares, the way he sees things give you that 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 confidence that he has those intangibles that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. And we talk about different quarterbacks and when they finally get it, like Jared Goff and how McVay was doing a lot of the, the heavy work and heavy lifting for him early, trying to read defenses and use the mic. You don't have that problem with C.J. Stroud. He's already in full command and it seems like has a full firm grasp on the NFL game. 7308, real leaders give praise and take blame. Dude is a leader. I, True. He absolutely is. 8755, one thing I noticed from Stroud, I think he's going to be an elite quarterback. He's getting everyone involved. That is a very bright sign. He's even including Mechie as well. The spray chart yesterday was like really, really high. They had nine guys catch passes. Nine guys targeted, eight guys caught passes. So he's kind of spreading the wealth. I would give some credit for Bobby Slowick there too. Sure. But also the credit that C.J. Stroud deserves with getting everybody the ball is he takes what's there. Like, that's pre-snap reading the defense. That's having an idea of what they're going to do. That's making good post-snap decisions after being able to read the defense and then going where the defense is not. Going where there's bad coverage. Targeting a matchup that that is favorable, whether it's man-to-man with Tank Dell or knowing that Nico Collins is going to have that deep slant, shallow post route against the zone. He just knows where to go with the football. Or knowing, High football IQ. Yeah, and knowing like the reason why Tank was so wide open is because you know that they're going to they're going to overplay something else. You see it in the in the pre snap. You know that that, that the matchup you're looking for is the one on one with the fastest guy on your team, and you're going to get it. And then having the wherewithal to make sure that you don't give it away early with your eyes or and where you're looking and leaning, but then at the right time turning and looking and putting the ball right where it has to be because that's important too. Because you don't and, and Tank, we said Tank does a great job finding the ball in the air and then adjusting. But a lot of receivers have a tough time if it's supposed to be over your right shoulder and you got to turn to the left side. He puts it where it needs to be so that it's as easy as possible for the receiver to catch and do something with it after the catch. A couple of uh, notes that I had with Stroud, the command in the pro- uh, pocket was impressive. But a couple of things where I thought he'd get a little happy-footed at times oh. the first two weeks, I did not see that at all yesterday. Uh, stepped into the pocket a few times, avoiding pressure, like sliding to his left whenever there's pressure to his right, vice versa. But also never taking his eyes off the field, which is huge, because how do you see if receivers open? By having your, your eyes downfield. Uh, I mentioned like the fluidity at times in the first two weeks, and like he would have a little bit of hesitation. I didn't see any of those issues at all yesterday. I thought that stuff was iron out the ball placement which we know he's excellent at was really good and then he dominated the blitz and we heard yeah. non-stop when cj stroud was coming out of ohio state he's going to struggle against the blitz and he has turned that weakness i'm not sure it ever was a weakness but he's turned that weakness into a strength and i, I don't think the defense is going to be able to blitz cj stroud because he's picking apart blitzing defenses 
I hope they keep trying. I know. He's like, dominating. If they keep trying, Tank Dell's going to be open a lot. Like, like His receivers have helped him out a lot, but he's just he keeps putting the ball everywhere he wants. And going back to week one, like I, I gave him a criticism about the way he was throwing the ball really low. I'm starting to wonder if it's intentional. Like he's putting the ball in a place in windows where only his guys mm-hmm. can get it. Like the touchdown to Brevin Jordan, like another low touchdown pass. Like if those guys know it's coming like that, it's acceptable. Like if it's not intentional and it's, just, it's always a low dirt ball like that, like Watson does that. That's a problem. CJ, I think he, I think he just think it seems like he knows where the ball is going at all times. Kind of like guiding your receiver to it to make sure that they're yeah. the only one that can, they're that avoiding, can make the play. Like, like they're avoiding the hit and they're making the catch. And like if they know it's going to come low like that when they come across the middle, then like that's totally acceptable and fine. You're always looking to as a quarterback to protect their receivers. Like you don't want to leave them out to dry, right. take a massive hit. So I think there's times whenever you, there's probably probably both. There's yeah, probably it's, times probably missing like Pickett and, had a couple receivers that had every right to want to. Punch yeah. him in the mouth last night because he hung him up in the air Ugh. and out to dry yeah, on I'd a couple of really than, bad throws. I'd rather my quarterback throw low than high yeah. every day. Uh, Stroud just gives you that feel of like he he's a really good point guard. Huh? Like he's a really good point guard that it's can orchestrate yep. an offense. He's you know throwing it all over the place. Throws you know left, throws right. Has the deep game. Has the short game. Uh, really good against the blitz. He's good throwing against the zone. I've been I've been extremely impressed as you can tell about C.J. Stroud in his first three games and the development too. Like mm-hmm. and you 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 said earlier and I I believe this is going to be the case. He's going to have a couple of stinkers of a game because he's a rookie, and rookie quarterbacks have stinkers of games. Quite frankly, the best quarterbacks have stinkers of games, even if they're five, six, seven years uh, better. Josh Allen, week one. Yeah, I mean, they are. Now, <laughs> that opens up another can of worms because I think Josh Allen's a bit overrated, not a winning quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers in week one, almost every yeah. year of his career. And they, and they have like, stinkers. And CJ's caught some breaks. Like, like the A lot of people are, are pumping up the no interception thing. I, That's uh, the one negative I was going to bring up. Like, the one negative was he stared it down and shouldn't have thrown the football, and he got away with yeah, it. I, think it I don't like think he saw quarter. He's made one throw each week that could have been intercepted, and none of them have been. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that he set the record for the most passes through three games without interception, there's been three chances. Week one just kind of heaved it up, which he should have done. Same thing week two. And then yesterday, I don't think he saw that linebacker. You don't? I went back and watched that play, and they showed blitz with him, and then he dropped back into coverage. So my guess, total guess. But his eyes stayed right there. But I think he saw him before he ever got the ball. He saw him show blitz. He thought he was blitzing, and then never picked him up again because he was staring down the receiver. So I I, I believe that they kind of dec- like they deked Stroud showing blitz and then dropping him back into well, coverage. Well, the luck was after it could have been a pick. The initial was a linebacker that got his hands on it, and but that the tip ball didn't get picked either. They, either guy could have had it. Yep. Either guy could have had it. You can make the case should have had it. All right, so let's give them the golf grade. We're doing it each and every week. Uh, one total preseason grade, and then every single regular season game. Hopefully he stays healthy. Or this is a bust. But that would be 18 grades for C.J. Stroud. Kind got, of like I, a, I a him, golf score. I got him with a birdie. I got okay. him with a birdie because of the fact that he didn't do anything to lose the game, and he did everything for them to win, and he got the win. This time, he got the win. He guided them to victory, and yes, the special teams was big, and yes, there were other things that played a part in the way that this team the, the, got a win and how it all played out, but he did everything to impress. He did one little thing that you that didn't end up hurting you, and with the numbers that he put up and the totals and everything that went with it and the way that when they needed that kind of calming drive coming out of Jacksonville scoring in the third quarter. He put everything together, did everything that I could possibly ask of him to do, especially with a rookie quarterback in week three. I give him a birdie. Yeah, I give him an eagle. 
I give you him go a, that far. He went on the road against the defending AFC South champions, and I thought he was unbelievable. Twenty of thirty through the roof, two hundred eighty yards through the roof, two touchdowns, zero turnovers. Did get away with one. The QBR was high. The rating was high. You get your victory. You score thirty-seven points. Yeah, one of them was a special teams touchdown. He played unbelievable. This he is did. An, this is an eagle on a par five for me. C.J. Stroud, the best we've looked, the best he's looked this putt. season. Long putt. He was able to. He knocked it to about twenty feet and was able to knock in, in that eagle putt. Well, I'm he glad you did it because I thought it was going to be too soft, but I agree. He was great. I, I thought it was great, and like I know the, the eagle has landed. Yeah, bad touch, like bad coverage, but like the touchdown of Tank Dell is, was massive. Yeah, that's not like, his fault that the coverage yeah, was bad. Like, they made like the, four plays, seventy-five yards, touchdown, like back within two scores to make it a three-score game again. You can't ignore it. So on the season. Joel has CJ. Well, you both have CJ Stroud as a plus one. I've got him as a minus one. You have him at one under. We yeah, got one under. One over. Yeah. Man. You sure about that? Need some more Eagles. Yeah, I thought that yeah, Lakers was better than mine. Joel, yeah. you had plus one, plus one, par, minus one. No, I had bogey, par. I had, I had bogey the last three weeks. I had bogey in week one of yeah. the regular season. Went bogey, I had par, par and then and then birdie. What'd yeah. you do preseason? Oh, that might be it. I plus one. Probably have right. plus you went, one. You went yeah. bogey, what, bogey, par, birdie. Because that's where we're in week four. So and I have like, plus one. Yeah, I think I went bogey, 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 minus two. Eagle. Eagle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, we, are we include the pre- yeah. yeah, you're both plus one, and then yeah. I'm minus one. He's well on his way. That's C.J. Stroud. Where do you grade him? 713-780-3776. Uh, Astros at Mariners tonight. Can Verlander be that white horse? And a new segment on the Killer Bees, thanks to our good friend at the Hollingsworth Law Firm, Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at my book. Yeah, I've been telling you about them for quite a while. Look, there's two NFL games tonight. There's still some time to salvage the weekend. If you're going to watch those games tonight and maybe you don't have a rooting interest in either team, but you can make the game more interesting, you can put some money down on it. You can do it at MyBookie.ag. And the reason why I always tell you to go to MyBookie.ag is, one, because they've been in business for over a decade. They're not a fly-by-night company that's going to take your money easily but not pay it out very easily at all and make it difficult a struggle not want to give it up hem and haw and try and keep it from you because they can't pay it out and that gives you some concern no my bookie is reliable and they take care of their customers every step of the way always remember the promo code bet 975 because that's your key to getting extra extra means if you put in at least 50 bucks right now either as a new subscriber or a returning subscriber you're going to get up to 200 extra dollars in your account instantly that means more money in your account more games you can play with and have a chance to bet on and more chances to win and with that bonus money if you take it and bet it one more time if you win it and you get through with it you can cash out with it and you can get it spend it as you like and go on to your next bet. It's absolutely fantastic. They take care of you all the time. And even when there's not games going on, live dealers standing by with casino games for you to play. Always remember the promo code BET975. That's what gets you those extra bonuses. That's what gets you in on more money in your account. But as I always tell you to do, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it, mybookie.ag, and use that promo code BET975. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You're hooked up with it. You hooked up with it. You decided to marry it. I told you I wasn't into it. You said it didn't matter. You're back where you belong. In the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. Blinkers had to step out a little early. He's got to pick up the girls. So Joe's going to get a little extra... 
12 minutes before he has. You have your show tonight? The bullpen coming up at I 6 do. o'clock with Joe George Radio. Fancy new imaging and everything. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You going to do uh, God's Gonna Cut Me Down, Ryan Presley's intro? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm excited. I did include uh, some Dwight Schrute in there for you, though. With, <laughs> oh, with the intensive office. view of, it's with him and Michael Scott are talking about his official job title before a meeting. <laughs> He's like, I need, to, I need to know. I'm the assistant regional manager. And then Michael corrects him, assistant to the regional manager. So <laughs> I included that just for you, Jeremy. Good. I appreciate that. Uh, Justin Verlander, you hear the uh, ace of spades. They, they need him to pitch like an ace today. The, the season is kind of on the shoulders of Justin Verlander a bit. Uh, definitely on this series in Seattle. Astros a half-game lead on the Mariners for the final wild-card spot. They start a three-game series tonight. Verlander, 11-8, 3-44 ERA. Luis Castillo, Mariners ace. Pitches opposite of them, fourteen and seven with a three oh six ERA. Biggest series of the year. Join Culture Map and Sports Map on October twenty fifth for the tailgate and all out celebration of Houston sports and the fans who cheer them on. Savor tailgate inspired bites from your favorite restaurants, including FM Kitchen, Kobo's, the Waffle Bus, and many more. Plus, sip on signature drinks and enjoy game day activities and entertainment. A limited number of early bird tickets are on sale now at tailgate.culturemap.com. Tailgate.culturemap.com. Tickets start at just $35 and include all food and drinks. Go to tailgate.culturemap.com to get your tickets today. You all right? My money's broken. The bolt's coming through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah, you brick. Where's my money? This is the car wreck of the day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Really loving this new segment. Uh, Hollingsworth Law Firm, you need to call them if you get into a car accident. You or your friends, make sure that you give them a call. 713-999-8773 or CarWreckTexas.com. Um, look, they don't uh, they don't ask for money until you win your case. So they are the people that you need to know. And we're going to do this each and every day, right around this time. The Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What's the biggest car wreck of the day? 713-780-3776. There's a couple nominees. Yeah, here are the rules. Okay, let's hear them. You like to throw in at, rules. At 6 p.m. is when the nominations for the next day start. Okay, so you can do so, it 24 hours in advance. Or 72 plus. We'll include the weekend okay. from Friday to Monday. So as soon as the Killer Bees ends, you can nominate anything you want from Friday at 6 p.m. until right now. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And then so today anybody, at 6 Anybody tomorrow. can nominate the car wreck of the day at any time. You can do it, like you said, the as soon as we go off the air to the very next show, all the way up until 5.50-ish. 713-780-3776. What are you nominating as the car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com? I got to go Astros here, Joe George. That's my nominee. The Astros are currently in the process of choking. People don't want to hear that when you talk about the local team, the defending champions. But they are choking. Two and seven against Oakland and Kansas City, a losing record at home. Six and six and seventeen in their last twenty-three home games. I have to nominate the choking Astros as the car wreck of the day. Uh, I think that's a great nomination. I'm gonna. I love them. I texted them. I tweeted them. I got. I got to nominate my guy Ruben. Did you text Ruben? I did. What did he say? Uh, well, you know what? He did a great job. I, I. I commend him. He went into the mentions of Barstool and all the people that watched him puking all over the field at, Univer- at the University of Houston, and you know he 
he he went into it. He said, at least tag me in this. And then he started dropping his YouTube channel. Hey, subscribe, follow for more funny videos. I, <laughs> I love it. I thought it was a great idea. But Ruben, to walk up the field and just unload your guts in the middle of a game, I got to nominate you for the car wreck of the day. It was a car wreck. It was awesome. It was a car wreck. My favorite part about that car wreck from Ruben was that he played the next snap. Like he went, he was walking up to the line, and then he and then they snapped the ball, emptied his belly on the fifty yard line, and then had a human car wreck with the defensive end on the other team. Now, thankfully, he didn't do much. I game. think they ran it the other not, way. Oh, really? So like he kind of like you can you see him get out of stance. You can tell he's hurting a little bit. Yeah, I bet that was a uh, there was a cup. There was more than one vomit in that game. Very very humid day. So there was a lot. He said it was. The, he said he ate too much in the pregame. I could see that. You yeah. have to have an empty stomach. Like you got to, I get you got to eat before a game. Not an empty stomach, but you can't have a full stomach. Yeah, you can't eat too much. No, you got a long day ahead of you. No, it's hot outside. King of Twitch says my car wreck of the day, Barry. I don't know what Barry did to what, him. Barry have a bad day? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Fifty uh, seventy five truth on the Twitch. He says his car wreck of the day nominee is uh, Josh Beard because he can't figure out his host. Four more days. He's had a uh, he's had a mixed bag. Four more. He's had a big bag. Doctor Dre. His car wreck of the day nominee, Dak Prescott throwing in a triple oh. coverage still after eight to nine years in the league. That's a good one. They lose to Arizona. That's definitely a car wreck nominee. Uh, yeah, the, the and Cowboys that, that pick was you, all though. bad. What's that? That pick was very bad. I fell asleep in the uh, – I took a little afternoon nap. In I, the I, I mean, it's like – Second wave of games. It's one of those where if he didn't have a big contract, I wonder what the reaction would be. I wonder when they can get out of that deal without losing a ton of money. Probably not anytime soon, the way they've restructured them so often. Yeah, probably not. That's got to be up there for at least a nominee of the car wreck of the day. Look, they also Dallas also proved in that game that they do not believe. Remember we were talking top-tier NFC teams the other day? And we said it's San Francisco, we said it's Philadelphia, and everybody else is on a distant second tier playing for third place. And some people, threw, they threw out Dallas a little bit. This is the next team that could be in that mix. You can't lose to Arizona to be in the same conversation as San Francisco and Philadelphia as the top teams in the NFC. They don't belong ever again. We talk blanker, or I was called you blankers. I'm sorry. That's insulting. That's a nominee. The, that's a nominee by me. Car wreck of the day nominee, me calling Joe blankers. We talk a lot of times about statement wins. You know what we don't talk about enough? Statement losses. Statement losses. That was a statement loss for the Cowboys. They were telling, look, we might be a playoff team. We we're probably, we will be a playoff team in the NFC. But that statement loss tells us that we can't take you seriously as a Super Bowl contender. I agree. And it's also why, like, statement loss, Minnesota Vikings. 0-3 in one possession games this year. Tough. That's tough. It's not good. I think they're out of the playoffs. That was your favorite stat of uh, the offseason. I think they're on Caleb Williams' watch. The Vikings? Yeah. I want them to trade Kirk Cousins. Doesn't seem like the Jets know what they're doing. They keep saying they're going to roll out Zach Wilson. I saw Robert Sala today. Did uh, He did the whole ask the general manager if we're going to bring in a quarterback thing. Yeah. So he doesn't want to. He's like ducking the question. I know Carson Wentz stinks. I know Matt Ryan's over the hill. Matt Ryan said no. No, I thought Matt Ryan went after the Jets, I, and the Jets said no. I thought so, too, but then he's quoted today saying, I'm good, basically. Of course he said that. Hey, Jets, will you please sign me so I'm your quarterback? The Jets tell Matt Ryan no. Matt Ryan, eh, I did that, but I love my job. Yeah. Of course. 
Of course, absolutely. Nine seven four zero. So I just did a, a Shannon Sharp call. <laughs> I, call <Skip. laughs> I called you Skip. Skip. I called you Blankers because I'm so used to saying uh, I'm so used to saying Blankers. Well, why shouldn't the Jets trade for Kirk Cousins? I think they should, but at some point, he's a free agent at the end of the year. They're uh, ready to move on. Or do they sit Caleb Williams for a year and start Aaron Rodgers next year? Oh, you're saying the Jets? Oh, oh, because they do have their first round pick. Yes, they will. They. Because they, they're going to give up their second for Rodgers because he didn't hit the threshold. Yeah. So winner is first car wreck of the day. Well, it's going to be weird because there's only two of us. So what? We don't have a neutral third party. Well, I think that yours was the best nomination. So. The Astros? The Astros. What a joke. The Astros. They can fix this. Look, the Astros are currently choking. They're currently choking. But the Astros could avoid the choke if they can win this series in Seattle. Congratulations, though, Astros. You're the car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. If you or someone you know has been injured in a wreck or other accident, give Hollingsworth Law Firm a call right now, 713-999-8773, or just head to their website, CarWreckTexas.com, CarWreckTexas.com. Joe, what's coming up on your show? Astros stink, Texans are good? Astros stink, Texans good. All right, wraps it up for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He was blank. I am Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. The Bullpen and Joe George up next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me.